0: Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at
1: home. Oh, hey. What's going on, Rob? That was nice. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, December 15th is moments away. But first, let's thank the Chicago Reader for bringing the Ben Jarofsky show to you right now. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. And today's show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right, you do have a song of the day, and it is from Frank. And good, Frank, are you sure about this? Can, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, today's song of the day I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. Oh, my God. A, I
0: love Dolly Parton, and B, I love this song. This is to you, Dolly. Love you, Dolly. Uh, this is the Dolly Parton version as opposed to the Whitney. You said,
1: will <laughs> love you oh, so
0: that was the yeah. Whitney
1: version or the Dolly
0: version? <laughs> that was the Dolly <laughs> that was the Betty J version I don't really, you know what I love Whitney Houston and Dolly Parton way too much to sully them
1: with that horrific rendition of a great song horrific indeed the Ben Jarosky show starts now <laughs> Tuesday, December 15th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, our Chicago Reader colleague returns, Maya Duke-Masova. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Benjirovsky here, calling this Winner
0: Winner Tuesday, and here's why. Great weekend! You have a good weekend, D. Anyone, bad. Okay, that's what I want to hear. That's that's what I'm. Not bad is not bad. Yeah, I saw I saw Small X, Steve McQueen series on uh, Amazon. I think it's Amazon, maybe it's Hulu. I don't know. Look it up. Good stuff. There's a whole movie, a whole uh, episode dedicated to a party that took place in about 1978, which is also known as my glory year. So anyway. Uh, Small acts, run, run, don't walk to see it. Uh, Then I settled in for the festivities yesterday as the electors officially gathered to elect the new president of the United States, and the winner is... Joey B! Hey, hey, come on down, Joey B! With Vice President Kamala Harris. Yeah, all right, woo-wee! And when the vote was announced, I quickly ran over to Rush Street and overturned a couple of cars, just like I did when the Bulls won their championships. Oh my, Ben! (laughs) I must apologize on several fronts uh, for that alleged joke. One, I was just kidding. I never overturned any cars. D, as you could probably figure it out a long time ago, I'm just not the overturn the car kind of guy. In fact, I could never understand why anybody would respond to something good in their life by, I know, I'm going to overturn a couple of cars.
1: I've seen you flip a few bikes, though. Oh, boy, watch out. (laughs) Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse
0: me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, The phone, make sure the kids hear words. Congrats, Joe Biden. It's really important that kids hear words, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, by the way, I also want to apologize because I used that overturn the cars joke uh, in the reader newsletter that I wrote last night. D I liked it so much, I used it again. Dennis and I have had this conversation many times. Comedians get really mad when they hear that someone stole their joke. But in this case, I stole a joke for myself. So it's not really theft. Plus, it's really not a joke. So anyway let's get back to the presidency. The only reason that we were so closely watching the electors vote, and really we were watching it like the Sun-Times was giving us up-to-date uh, you know, reporting by Lynn Sweet on uh, how the electors voted. The only reason we were closely watching is that uh, President Donnie made such a big deal about challenging the election. He said it was riddled with larceny. Without a shred of evidence, he said the Dems either created non-existent votes for Joe Biden or stole real ones for him. And that explains how he lost. Because, hmm, of course, he couldn't have possibly been rejected by the voters for being a terrible president. Uh, as a result of his protests, thousands of Trump's dimwitted supporters took to the streets, in some cases quite violently. So it's really hard to v- joke about their gullibility. It's not really a joking matter. And I want to thank Stephen uh, for his email on this subject. I'll read it later. He uh, raises some good points. Anyway. The Supreme Court, as we all know, ruled against Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's Hail Mary. Uh, and the electors voted for Biden. And then Senator Mitch McConnell made it official. The headline, quote, after weeks of silence, McConnell congratulates Biden and says, quote, the Electoral College has spoken. Here, here. And yet, that has not stopped Donald Trump from raising monies from his aforementioned dimwitted supporters. Exhib- exhibit A? an email that I received about an hour ago. And let me quote the headline on the email. President Trump picked you, and you is spelled in all caps. Now here's the lead to the email. Quote, congratulations, you've you've won the weekly Trump Patriot 1,000% impact offer. End of quote. I was amazed. I didn't even know I was in the running for such a distinction. The email continues, quote, Each week, President Trump selects one of his best supporters to receive an exclusive 1,000% impact offer, and this week, the winner is you, end of quote. Now, folks, I'm not sure what amazes me the most about that sentence. One, that Donald Trump himself makes this all-important selection, going through thousands of applicants, or that two, I'm considered one of Donald Trump's supporters. Maybe there's something about me that I didn't even know. You're <laughs> crazy, man. You know, on some levels, I'm really going to miss this <laughs> guy. Some levels. I do like, I've always liked that windmill thing. I, I, I realized I have so much in common with Donald Trump. He like making funny noises. Anyway. I read on to see what exactly I won. Have he been personally selected by Donald Trump, D? Personally selected by Donald Trump. Don't be jealous, D. He didn't personally select you. No, no. No, no. A lot of envy, folks. If you could see Dennis, there's a green shade to his face because he's green with envy. He was not personally selected by Donald Trump. So I wondered, what do I win? Have he been personally selected by Donald Trump? Do I win a computer? I need one. I need a new screen with a camera. That would be awesome. I need one. How about a car? Am I finally going to get that blue Mustang I've always fantasized about? Nope. Didn't win anything like that. Instead, I, (laughs) I won the honor of knowing that if I contribute any amount in the next two hours, you can increase your impact by 1,000%. And that's a quote. I don't even know what that means. And then there's this warning. So this is really important. Quote, this offer is only available to you for the next two hours, friend. And yes, they call me friend. After that, your offer will be given to the next patriot in line, end of quote. So let me get this straight. I've... (laughs) I have two hours to give Donald Trump my money or what? I lose my opportunity to give Donald Trump my money? Like Donald Trump won't take my money in three hours? Uh, sorry, you missed your deadline. I can't take your money. That's my really bad Donald Trump invitation. <laughs> how is this big honor, by the way? You know, how have I won? But I know it must work somewhere. I could just see some MAGA guy. Picture young Johnny Cash, jubilantly running through his house. Honey, quick, get out the checkbook. We won the right to give Donald Trump our money. But if we don't give it to him in two hours. Wait,
1: the singer Johnny Cash?
0: (laughs) I knew there would be confusion. No, the singer Johnny Cash was too smart to bid for MAGA. Plus, he died before MAGA became a thing. I'm talking about the calmness, Johnny Cash, who loves MAGA. Come on, John, Johnny Cass, even Johnny. I don't think John Cass would fall for this one. I don't think he'd be the guy running through the house going quick, honey, get out the
1: checkbook. We want the right to give Donald Trump our money. Well, we're going to find out right now on the phone. John Cass, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if we don't give it to him in two hours,
0: he'll give that right to some. How is that even like a threat? I'm sorry. If you don't give me my money in two hours, you lose the right to give me my money. I won't accept it. Please take my my money. Nope. Got two hours. Oh, boy. Here comes the brown line. Pete Buttigieg is driving the train today, D. Oh, really? Interesting. (laughs) And of all people... Yeah, well, you know, Mayor Pete got the gig as transportation uh, (laughs) department secretary. Joe Biden said, I'm not taking (laughs) Rahm
1: Emanuel. I may may have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Rumor has it he's in town to try out these cinnamon rolls everybody's talking about. (laughs) I heard the great And it's right off the brown line. And Sather's.
0: I just wrote a column about that for my beloved Chicago Reader. Oh, boy, did I rip Tom Tunney! Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes, the, back to the fundraising letter. The letter doesn't say what Donald Trump will do with the money that I have two hours to give him. You know, it doesn't say he'll spend it in the Georgia Senate races or use it to pay his legal bills or use it to pay back the taxes the IRS says he owes. I guess it's just his to spend however he wants. Only MAGA can win by losing, we got a great show today, everyone. Maya Tukmasova will be with us, my colleague at the uh, Reader, and my partner in crime at First Tuesday. She has one request: team, do not, under any circumstances, ask her about Doctor Biden Gate. Don't, don't, Doctor Biden. Okay, Biden Gate. Got it noted. Huge story that erupted this weekend on the internet: Joseph Epstein, an essayist for the Wall Street Journal, made fun of Jill Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, uh, because she uses the title Doctor. It was a very patronizing and condescending essay <laughs> that I found exceedingly annoying. It was a classic, I'm smart, you're not essay.
1: But he had a point, I I don't know, he had a point. The man had a point. What, that people should not call her a doctor or she should not call herself a doctor?
0: Yeah, it's just like, I don't know.
1: Should you, if
0: you're a professor of education, should you call yourself a doctor? I don't know. And this is particularly relevant to our show because Dennis is always adamant that he be not called a doctor. Yes.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, funny you have that perspective because you call me a doctor every day.
0: (laughs) You know. My attitude on this, if you want to be called a doctor and if you've gone uh, to graduate school and you've earned a degree and you put in the time and you spent the money, yes, you should get to call yourself a doctor. Sorry, Joey Epstein. <laughs> but on the other hand, if you don't want to be called doctor, you should have the right not to be called doctor. Okay. okay. Right. Without further ado, I'll turn things over to the man from Alton that Joe Epstein and Joe Biden all agree. Is called the doctor with the news. (laughs) I'm not a doctor. Well, here did (laughs) that's brilliant. This someone give him a raise. That was so I forgot
1: we even had that bit. That's why they call him the doctor, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, stop calling me that. Hey there, Dennis here. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. And we begin with the governor. The enemy is you. Oh, well, that was rude. Today, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker will be delivering his 2:30 COVID-19 press briefing at the Thompson Center. Here's a quick recap on Monday's press briefing. A vaccine has arrived in Illinois. Governor Pritzker, tell us, what's the most complex thing about these first vaccine shipments? The logistics of these first vaccine shipments are the most complex because maintaining ultra-cooled temperatures until the very last moment is essential. Once the packages are received by medical providers, they have only days to use the vaccines. Ah, I see. Dr. Ezeke? As more vaccine becomes available, more individuals will be eligible to receive the vaccine. But until that time... Please, let's exercise patience and understand that there may be others who will get the vaccine before you. Interesting.
0: Hmm. Well, I got to tell you, and I know I'm not alone in this one. I'm not that disappointed. I'm, I'm not at the front of the line about the vaccine. Just kind of want to see what the <laughs> what happens to the first people that takes vaccine. I'm just putting that out there, being honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. So, yes, I'm not at the front of the line. But then again, I'm not leaving this house until that, until the vaccine is widely established. I just sneak out uh, once a night uh, to go for my famous walk, my infamous walk, and no one's around. It's dark, particularly now, It's so cold. There's no one out there. There's a guy and a dog every now and then. Oh, Yeah. So I, as soon as I see the guy and the dog, I put my mask on. Please, vaccine work. This nightmare... This nightmare is really, oh, my God, it's just so freaking devastating to our country, to our world. So please, vaccine work. I'll be watching very carefully to see if it works.
1: All right. So this would be the point where I would tell you who is currently suing the governor or which business owner or politician has decided to go against Pritzker's pandemic protocol. But thankfully... But thankfully, we have no such stories to discuss. So let's just move right on to the news. In the city of Chicago, we do have a public event listed for Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor. (laughs) Today, the mayor was at Loretto Hospital at ten thirty this morning to witness the first COVID nineteen vaccines administered in Chicago. So, what do you know? A little bitty light. At the end of this strange, dark tunnel. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I guess that little light is enough for the mayor and her Chicago public school team to try and get students and teachers back into the classroom. But... As we learned last week, the Chicago Teachers Union isn't so quick to jump on board. They made a list of demands if this plan is to take place. Plans including lower COVID-19 test positivity rates, testing and vaccination protocols, and changes to both hybrid and remote learning. Chicago Public Schools has responded to the teachers. Before we read the response. Just to make sure we're all on board here, if you're new to the city of Chicago or if you're just beginning to follow political news in Chicago, first off, thank you for listening to the Ben Jarofsky Show. He's Ben. What'd you think of that song of the day, huh? I'll always love you. It's good stuff. But here's a quick history lesson for all of you. After the Chicago teachers' month-long strike back in November of 2019, the mayor and the Chicago Teachers Union really don't like each other. (laughs) Isn't that right, CTU President Jesse Sharkey? I, um... (laughs) Right now, um, what's that? Can't hear you. Well, well, anyway, uh, so now that you understand all of that, Listen to this blatantly anti-union announcement from the CPS and you try to tell us that this is not a slap in the face to the Chicago Teachers Union. The CPS will be hiring 2,000 new teachers for $15 an hour to help reopen schools. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Dear Issa. Chicago Public Schools is looking to hire 2,000 new employees to take on pandemic-related duties and fill in gaps in staffing once schools return in person in January a plan that's drawing a rebuke from the teachers union and that signifies one of the major challenges of reopening the third largest district in the nation during a public health emergency. One of the primary responsibilities for half of the new positions will be student supervision, according to a job posting. That includes supervising students who are learning in person if the classroom teacher is teaching remotely. The posting says raising questions about what in-person instruction will look like for students who return to classrooms and signaling that the district intends to forge ahead with reopening despite a potentially massive number of staff requests for medical leave. All right, we have quotes here, one from the CPS and one from, well, maybe the coolest person alive in Chicago, CTU vice president and dear friend of the Ben Jarofsky show, SDG, Stacy Davis Gates. Uh, let's read the CPS quote first. Uh, is it from CPS president Janice Jackson? No. Mayor Lori Lightfoot? No. it's the cps hr guy human resources chief matt lyons okay we've moved now from a slap in the face to a punch right in the nose the hr guy uh matt lyons said quote staffing is a concern i don't want to pretend like it's not but i'm confident about where we are right now and that we will be able to provide a good learning experience for those who come in person All right. Now, Stacey Davis Gates, Chicago Teachers Union Vice President Stacey Davis Gates said the part time job posting was the first the union heard teachers might teach remotely to students in a classroom, a proposition she called slightly less terrible than forcing teachers to engage in learning from unsafe buildings. SDG said, quote, hiring people into a position that barely pays minimum wage with zero health care benefits in the middle of a pandemic seems particularly cynical. CPS can try to exploit low wage temporary workers to fill in for staff who are not willing to sacrifice their lives for their livelihoods when they must instead come to the table and bargain collaboratively to land what we need to return to our school buildings and our students safely. Enforceable safety standards and real equity for black. Black and brown school communities starved of equity for years before this pandemic. My God, that lady's cool! <laughs> wow, well, where do I start?
0: There is just so much to it. It's a column, right there. That's this. This whole thing is a column. Miss, by the way, good job, D, summing it up. Uh, The article, CPS hiring 2,000 new workers. So they're not hiring new teachers. They're hiring minimum wage workers, $15 an hour. No health benefits, by the way. Don't have to live in Chicago. Throwing out the window all the requirements. You know, if you're a teacher in the city of Chicago, uh, for the Chicago public schools, they have investigators that they pay, okay? That your tax dollars pay, I should say. uh, Whose job it is to investigate a claim that a teacher... Uh, lives in Chicago when in fact he or she does not live in Chicago yeah these investigators will go out and check it out so they can punish the teacher if the teacher is violating the residency requirement but to just hire 2,000 people, residency requirement open window, throw out so bizarre All right, break it down bit by bit Uh, First of all, Dee, you said the uh, hostility uh, goes back to the strike. I will add uh, a little uh, amendment. I'd say the hostility goes back before the strike. And the Chicago teachers went in strong for Tony Preckwinkle in her race against Lori Lightfoot. I advised them not to. I said, guys, Tony Preckwinkle's no progressive. And I don't know why you're spending all your energy and efforts so vigorously fighting for her, but did the Chicago Teachers Union listen to me, D? No. <laughs> Does any union or politician listen to me? Never. And I don't blame them, really, D, when you think about it. I'm just some lunatic in an attic overlooking a porta potty. Oh, well, when but, you put it that way, yeah. <laughs> I still thought it was exceedingly unlikely that Tony Prequinkle would be victorious. And you're wasting a lot of capital on an election that probably won't go your way. And you're really irritating Lori Lightfoot. And as even though Lori Lightfoot was singing a different song back in 2019, D. And it wasn't "I, I will, I will always love you." No. Could you imagine Lori Lightfoot singing that song? Uh, Better than you. I guarantee it. (laughs) I don't know. I do
1: not know about that, D. (laughs) I I heard her on that thing with the guitar. Remember that little thing? Yeah. And we heard you sing the exact song you're talking about at the beginning of the show. I don't know. I will.
0: Oh, I like how the voice cracks when they say it. Anyway, Lori Lightfoot came to the hideout. Dumkey was my partner in crime in those days. And she, and I asked her, I said, uh, Candidate Lightfoot, <clears throat> will you hold it against Stacy Davis Gates? I mentioned SDG at that moment. Will you hold it against her that she is uh, supporting Tony Park so vociferously? And Lori Lightfoot said, and I uh, paraphrased, no, I understand how politics works. I understand that people say all kinds of mean, nasty things in the middle of a campaign. But when the campaign's over, we come together as a city. And I was like, what a great response. Oh, you know, so even though.
1: She fooled you, bud.
0: She <laughs> <laughs> sure Even though my beloved Chicago Teachers Union and SDG did not listen to my advice. OK, as I always tell Stacy when she comes on the show, she's probably so sick of me saying, you know, Stacy, I try to tell you. Anyway, they didn't listen to my <laughs> advice, but even though they didn't listen to my advice, Lori Lightfoot looked me in the eye, D. And she said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to hold it against them. And she also looked me in the eye and said, they are not going to pass that Lincoln Yard's TIF deal if I'm elected mayor. Whoops. <laughs> So much for those promises, open window, throw them out. And she has been waging a political war against Stacey Davis, in particular Stacey Davis Gates. I don't think she has the animosity toward Jesse Sharkey that she has towards Stacey Davis Gates. She cannot stand Stacey Davis Gates. And so from the get go, they've been battling the teacher. And they got a lot of support. I I, I mean it. The number of people who are like with the Chicago teachers union in this city is dwindling. It's like me and Dennis. It's pretty much down to like, Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Dennis, a big time. Folks don't know this big time union guy. And I'm saying that for real. He is. So I'm like, come on, Lori Lightfoot. You agreed that you wouldn't, you said you weren't going to uh, hold a grudge. And yet you obviously hold a grudge. And so that strike we saw how much support Lori Lightfoot has. Both editorial boards, the Chicago newspapers with Lori Lightfoot, 100 percent against the teachers union. The civic community of Chicago with Lori Lightfoot, 100 percent against the Chicago teachers union. Most of the rich people in Chicago who fund the campaigns of so many prominent politicians like Lori Lightfoot with her 100 percent. My north side neighbors, Ben, (laughs) come on now. I mean, come on. Your teacher's union is going a little too far. So most north siders are with Lori Lightfoot in this. So, you know, from a political standpoint, in terms of raising money and winning over uh, the north side, I think that Lori Lightfoot is, you know, ahead of the game but from like a humanitarian, I care about kids in the Chicago Public Schools standpoint, waging war against the teachers is not helpful. It wasn't helpful when Rom did it, it wasn't helpful when Daley did it at the end of his term. He was pretty cool with the teachers for most of his term, but then at the end he lost his mind when he didn't get the Olympics. And he just, he brought in Ron Huberman, well, let's just not even discuss that phase of Mayor Daley's existence as mayor of Chicago. Lori Lightfoot's determined uh, to battle the Chicago Teachers Union, and she's being cheered on every step away by corporate and editorial Chicago. And so, folks, this de- decision to reopen the schools has nothing, nothing, nothing to do with what's in the best interest of Chicago public school children. And I'll tell you why. Because nobody knows, nobody knows how dangerous it is to force teachers and students to go back into those old buildings with the bad ventilation systems that they have. Now I know, and I see them all the time, and I hear them all the time. There are activists who support charter schools, and there are uh, teachers, no, not strike teachers. There uh, are parents who send their kids to parochial schools who say, well, our schools are open, you know, And then they go on to say, it's because we don't have to deal with the union. And that's what this is all about. This is about undercutting the union in the midst of a pandemic, taking advantage of a pandemic to win a battle against the Chicago Teachers Union. The obsession that powerful people in the city of Chicago have with the Chicago Teachers Union blows my mind. I can't think of one union that's just reviled by the rich and the powerful in the city of Chicago as much as the teachers' union. But they hate the teachers' union. I've always felt they hate the teachers' union uh, because, well, they figured the teachers' union was an easy target. You know, it's mostly women. And I also think, and I am taking a Sigmund Freud-like dive into the brains of the powerful people that run this city that they think because it's a union run by women, it'd be an easier union to kick around. And so they've been kicking it around for all these years. And so essentially in the media right now, there are two people who stand with the teachers union. So, yeah, I see uh, Lori Lightfoot raising this fight. They say, oh man, we're doing this for the kids because low-income kids are falling further and further behind, the more time they're not in a classroom. And they're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. This pandemic is just devastating to educational progress of all the children. Dennis talked about it when he was uh, in Alton watching his nieces and nephews, or his nieces, uh, doing their uh, online classes, how ridiculous it was, how absurd it was. Everybody was miserable. Everyone's miserable. Yeah, the pandemic is miserable. But you know what? To the first point, and here's my fingers across. it's not gonna last forever. So editorial boards in Chicago, and civic community in Chicago, and really rich people who run the city in Chicago, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot, if you guys, and Janice Jackson, everyone at CPS, if you truly care about the poor kids, in the public schools of Chicago, your ability to show how much you care doesn't end with the pandemic. Here's a radical thought. You could show how much you care about those kids after the pandemic. You say, oh my God, You just, it's like they just learned that poor kids in a public school at a disadvantage in contrast to wealthy kids in public schools and private schools. It's just it's like a light went on. All of a sudden, the people that run the Chicago Public Schools and the people who write the editorials for the downtown papers, it's like a light went on. Ding! Oh, my God. Just in time to bash the Chicago Teachers Union. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. (laughs)
1: That's the light.
0: Yes, the light went on. Just in time to bash the Chicago Teachers Union. The light went on. Wait a minute. Guys, hold on. Did you realize that poor kids are disadvantaged a disadvantage to rich kids. Oh my God, we just learned this. We gotta get them back in the classroom. <laughs> Guys, poor kids were always at a disadvantage in contrast to rich kids. And you'll have that opportunity to show how much you care about poor kids when the pandemic's over and the schools are open. You can hire more teachers. So class sizes is uh, smaller more individual attention for kids. You can have after-school programs in every single school, tutoring for kids so that they can, when they fall behind, they can catch up. You can have art programs and drama programs and music programs and dance programs in every school. You can have after-school basketball, football, soccer, track, pay for it all with coaches. So kids are in a classroom and then you could Hey, you want to be in the basketball team? You got to keep your grades up and we're going to make sure you keep your grades up with these tutors. I mean, if you care so much about the kids, there's a lot you could do for them. But I don't know. I think you only care about the kids when you can use them to take a, a shot at the Chicago teachers union, that dirty teachers union.
1: <laughs> get back
0: in that building right now I
1: mean, you, and teach those kids. You look at their demands. It's like uh, you, they're acting like they asked for like a Slurpee machine in every classroom or something. <laughs> it seems fair. What they what they were asking for seems legit. It did. And by the way, not that there's, a, there's nothing
0: wrong with a slurping machine in every classroom. I don't know. I can get behind that. But this one, this one is, so here's the problem, folks. Okay, so the the, the Chicago Public Schools has this hybrid model. <laughs> they don't want to order parents to send their kid back to the school because they don't want to get the parents as mad as them as they've gotten the teachers. mad. They don't care if the teachers are mad at them. They tell the teachers, you got to go in that classroom. If you don't go there, we're going to fire you. That's what they said. They can't say that to a parent. They can't say to the parent, you're going back to that classroom. If you don't go back to that classroom, I'm gonna take your car. What else does she say? Drive it home. <laughs> Whatever else she said. No, they can't do that. So they go, oh, well, if you don't wanna go to the classroom, we're gonna give you that great virtual <laughs> education that your kid loves so much on TVs. But then if the teacher's doing that and you got kids in the classroom, Who's going to be watching the kids in the classroom? A light went on. Another light went on at the Board of Education.
1: This little light Uh of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out. And I'm going to make you walk home.
0: (laughs) That's what they're going to do to teachers who don't show up to the classroom. (laughs) going to make you walk home, teachers. So now it's like. Uh, boss, we got a problem here. I could just see the great minds at the Chicago public schools. We got a problem here. What do we do with the kids in the classroom when the teacher's working on a computer with the kids who didn't come to the classroom? Hmm, let me think about this. Hmm. Hmm. Let me pause and think while the brown line passes. Hey, Mayor Pete. Well, Mayor Pete's eating the cinnamon roll. So you,
1: you said that at the opening. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Then I looked at the news like, oh, okay, I get it now. Mayor Pete, yeah. he's the new transportation guy. Come on, man, I'm subtle here. Okay, I'm subtle.
0: All right, work with me, D, work with me.
1: <laughs> so
0: they had this problem, and they, there's your solution. I know what we'll do. We'll just hire 2,000 guys, pay them $15 an hour, whether they've had any experience working with kids. Lord knows what their background is. <laughs> we'll throw them into a classroom. Oh, They'll be just so happy they got a job. They won't care if they get COVID. Yeah, we'll throw a mask on him. Uh, do you have tests to test them? Ah, test masks, who needs tests? I'm just going to, th- 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 Here you go. Uh, the t- uh, teacher, this is your new classroom assistant, Billy Bob. He's going to help you with the kids. <laughs> Has he had any experience with kids? No, so what? Yeah, you know, $15 an hour. No health benefits. All of a sudden, there's money for this. D, isn't
1: that funny? It's you just know, like no blatantly. One. It's like they had to have known that was going to get at their crawl. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> but, ah, yeah, fifteen and out. Like that's just a blatant, the whole thing. a blatant. Yeah. And let's
0: let's go back to November when the uh, strike happened, and they wanted more nurses, and uh, the editorial boards were telling them, "Shut up and take the money. Go back in the classroom." Lori Leifel will give you nurses when she's ready to give you nurses. And they were like, "We don't really have enough money. We can't commit the money for the nurses, okay? Because we're bro- we broke. We spent the money on you teachers. Now all of a sudden, money? What? Tons of money? Hey, we'll hire two thousand new workers at fifteen dollars an hour. You know, and they wonder why? Why no teacher in his or her right mind believes the stuff? Chicago Public School says this Lions guy what a piece of work they threw this the HR guy who's the HR guy in the office remember the, uh, the HR guy come on D what's his name I can see his face which place we've been
1: <laughs> no the TV show the office Oh, I thought you meant like at CPT or at the Sun-Times like um, the HR guy oh Toby Toby. he's <laughs> like Toby Toby was like
0: oh <sighs> Uh, he was always like everybody was picking on Toby. Remember Toby? Oh, This is like this guy, who was the the heavy guy. What did he do in the office? The big feller.
1: There's two big fellers. Who's Stanley? Stanley, Stanley and um, <laughs> oh, Stanley. <I> <laughs> someone on the line. What's the other big
0: feller's name? The, uh, what did, Stanley was a salesman. What did the other guy do? I forget. <laughs> I can't see him. Well, this came out of nowhere. Well, because you said HR, and I thought of Toby, Was always the, they'd always take their problems to HR. Uh, poor lions, they dragged this guy out. And uh, so they asked, they asked if additional adults coming in contact with several groups posed a new health and safety risk. And the HR guy, Lyons, said, quote, this is one of those minimal risks that it doesn't prevent any additional danger in any way. It's more an operational necessity. <laughs> You know, got to give Dennis credit. Mixed message time. On one hand, hunker down. Don't see your family. Don't go to bars. A bar opens. We're going to shoot that bar owner. (laughs) It's your fault. Remember the commercials Thanksgiving time? Honey, you won't be able to see your grandchildren.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But suddenly... Guys, no you're, problem. You're getting the hits today, guys. This is the
0: right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give your love to Amy and
1: Viv uh, and Hank. All right. Love you, Mom. We'll talk on Thanksgiving.
0: Pause for sigh. Pause for sigh. Oh, i tell you what. Was that Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Was that uh, Dawson's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Streep. I mean, the acting was so good. I didn't know who it was, you know? <laughs> Pause for a sigh. Somehow or other, you know, the uncle and the aunts and the grandfathers and the grandparents are dangerous to the kids. But uh, just 2,000 random guys it off the street? Ah, no problem. Get in there. <laughs> Oh, poor lions. Oh, there's no additional danger in any way. Okay,
1: if you say so, lion. <laughs> poor guy. Jesse Sharkey, please help us out here. Anything you got to say. I, um... Yeah? Right now, um... All right. Well, if you can get in a building and maybe give us your response. Yeah, can hear I know, you. Jesse. I don't know. Those, those uh, on the sidewalk press conferences. By the way,
0: i like to point out that with the strike reveal... Is yes, the editorial boards were with the mayor and hated the teachers union and corporate Chicago hates the teachers union and civic Chicago is like, oh, come on, guys, you know, <laughs> oh, God. And I think a lot of Northsiders just, you know, they have that contemptuous attitude about, their attitude about teachers is a little like uh, Joseph Epstein, the guy who wrote the story about how Jill Biden, how dare she call herself a doctor? She doesn't deliver babies. Only people who deliver babies get to be called themselves doctors. That's kind of like a Northsiders attitude about teachers. You know, God, come on. It's not a real profession. Like, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I'm a lawyer and I live in the North Side. And teachers like work for me. Hello. So, you know, really uh, interesting attitude uh, that people have uh, toward teachers. But uh, those trucks with the honking horns kind of indicated me that not everybody has the disdain for uh, teachers as corporate Chicago, civic Chicago, (laughs) Northside residents. Probably Northside residents who didn't vote for Kim Fox. So
1: you're saying you're saying regular people uh, relate more with (laughs) teachers rather than uh, politicians. Yes. Wow. Holy cow, (laughs) guys, we're learning stuff today. We are (laughs) That's
0: the truck drivers who love Dr. D. (laughs) Yo, Dr. D! I'm not a
1: doctor. Uncle Bill? (laughs) Come from so a long anyway, line of truck drivers,
0: guys. A lot of truck drivers supported Jesse. They saw Jesse Sharkey giving the press conference. They honked their horns, and poor Jesse couldn't get his words And So anyway, yeah, what a joke! What a joke! The lengths to which the mayor and her school board will go. To try to stick it to the teachers, union yeah. Thank in you, in the name of helping children.
1: Yeah, thank you, office HR guy. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get the vending machine guy's thoughts uh, in about two hours. All right, let's go to the live stream chat here. Jay Marie, awesome as always. She brings up a very uh, interesting uh, question point. I don't know, observation. I don't know. Call it what you will. Uh, Jay Marie on the live stream uh, chat says, "I love Stacy Davis gates but if she were to run for mayor, like we always talk about on the show, she says she would not win against Lori Lightfoot.
0: Well, uh, but I presume uh, Jay Marie would vote for her based on that. Um, that's that's a tough one, Jay Marie.
1: Oh, All I'm sorry. Marie she would... said Liefoot, L-I-E foot. Sorry. So sorry, Jay. <laughs> Didn't mean to misquote you.
0: <laughs> yes, I remember that moment <laughs> where Lori Lightfoot looked at me, goes, oh, Ben, come on. It's politics. I'll never hold a grudge against SDG. She had a
1: backwards hat on and a skateboard at the hideout. Guys, listen. (laughs) All right, let's talk. That's true. (laughs) A skateboard. Hey, everybody.
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, all the money would be with Lori Lightfoot. All the civic community would be with Lori Lightfoot. The editorial boards would be with Lori Lightfoot. um. The north side of well, they love Lori Lightfoot so uh, it would be an uphill battle absolutely uphill battle uh, yeah anybody who's like looking out for the interests of poor kids and teachers eh, not gonna do really well with the powers that be in the uh, city of Chicago, yeah. So uh, it would be an uphill battle, dude. All
1: right, and before we move on, let's talk about it here. It kind of broke, like, while the show was going on. Mayor Pete, the Transportation Secretary. You're, what do you think about that, Ben? Um, hmm. I feel like his answer may be like, I don't know, Uber. But for, like, everything. Uh, <laughs> well,
0: <clears throat> uh, first there's the relief. And the relief is that Joe Biden did not uh, give that position to Rahm Emanuel. You know, Ron was curly, uh hustling for it. Really working hard to get that gig. You notice that, D? Oh, and, uh, uh, you know, having all his friends call Joe Biden. You know, it's like Obama calling Joe Biden on his behalf. Durbin calling Biden on his behalf. Biden's like, oh my God, you're kidding me, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, over, what was it, a week ago? Uh, civil rights leaders met with Joe Biden. Uh, Al Sharpton was one of them, and they just laid da- laid it down. I go, Dude, if you really just want to insult us, put the Laquan McDonald mayor in transportation. Okay? Like the guy buried evidence of the shooting of Laquan McDonald. We still wouldn't have seen that video. By the way, we're gonna be talking about another one that's it's so horrific with Maya. She was the one who brought it to my attention. And I got to give Channel 2 News a lot of credit. Dave Savini, great investigative story uh, about a uh, a woman that uh, was the subject of some just awful, awful. I mean, harassment, I don't even know, begins to do justice to the word. By about nine police officers bursting in her house and she was just coming out of a shower. She was naked. Anyway, we'll be talking about with Maya. But they resisted the effort to release that video, just like Rom resisted the effort to release the Laquan McDonald video. And, you know, guys, I'm mostly a Democrat. You know, I support Democrats 99.9% of the time. But every now and then, one of my beloved Democrats, who's in this case not so beloved, will do something so horrific that it's like, you gotta punish them. And there's been no punishment for Rom for burying that video. No, the only reason he released it was because a Cook County Judge ordered him to. So he, what happens? The only punishment is he didn't. He knew enough. He couldn't run for re-election, so he knew because he, he knew he would lose. So he goes out. Now he's on the George Stephanopoulos. They never, you know what I mean? It's like they conceal evidence of a murder. That's ah, so, what why. Murder, shmurder Hey, Rom, what do you think about the electors with Chris Christie? Oh my God, think about guys who've skated through life with no accountability for the stuff they've done. So it would have been politically the kiss of death uh, for Joe Biden. I don't know about the kiss, that's dramatic. It would have, it would have caused him more problems uh, than he needed. The uh, The risks outweighed the rewards. So Buddha judges the transportation uh uh, secretary I, d i have absolutely no idea what he knows about transportation right okay. like i just
1: feel like uh mayor pete <laughs> right. what do you think about this i i, well, I don't know can't you uber I don't know. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> he seems more like an uber guy and not a yeah i love uber but yeah, yeah man, you i know, feel like i diversify
1: i feel like you know with biden like being really old like ah man an old guy's president i don't know but i think maybe i want an old guy's transportation secretary what you know the kind of Rides the bus, I don't know, you know what I mean? A young guy, or, I don't know, just can't you take a lift? Uh, or, or a broke guy. How about oh. a broke guy? Oh, you know? oh, guys, let's get the campaign yeah. going right now. I'll run.
0: <laughs> Tennis would be perfect. The guy
1: just took the train the other day. Now, not Trained. a lot of you people aren't uh, talking about the bicycle, all right? Let me <laughs> walk you through how to ride this thing. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, oh, God, I don't want to get every, myself in trouble in South Bend,
1: but did he even have public
0: transportation in South Bend? Quick! Call Henry Davis, right. Let's get Henry on the line, get his thoughts. Oh my God, you know he's going to have something to say about this. So yeah, I, I, D, I have absolutely no idea what qualifications Mayor Pete brings to this job other than he's not Rom Emanuel, and that'll take you far in this world, at least <laughs> at this particular moment. Oh, I'm not Rom! I didn't conceal evidence of a murder, oh, but you run things for a while. But you're right, D. I don't even know if Mayor Pete's ever been on a subway or. Well, he was in Chicago. He
1: was on the brown line about 15 minutes ago. That's true.
0: Oh, God, I forgot that. Yes. (laughs) Good point. Anyway, so my guess uh, it's payback because Mayor Pete, you know, supported Joe (laughs) as soon after he dropped out. Remember that D dropped out of the race, supported Joe Biden right away. He didn't go to Bernie. Well, there was a big surprise. (laughs) Anyway, listen, man, I'm just relieved it's not Rom. No, tomorrow they'll put Rom in charge of some. uh, They'll put him in charge of some other
1: department. I can't think of Commerce or something. God help us all. I don't know. Well, don't be surprised in February if everybody's riding those stupid scooters around. Mayor Pete's the (laughs) transportation. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, guys, can't you just take a scooter? I, Lyft works
0: really well for me I love Lyft that's my favorite wait you mean there's something called a bus never heard of it <laughs> oh god Mayor Pete <laughs>
1: transportation all right we got one more chicago story before we move on to madigan gate the time when utility giants com ed admitted to arranging jobs contracts and payoffs to the associates of democratic house speaker one michael joseph madigan <laughs> the following comes from the Chico- wait I, I, what is that sound is that
0: the like uh, the what is that sound those are prison bars <laughs> oh that's what it is okay that's what i thought he hasn't gone to prison okay i know i know he hasn't even been indicted all right the guy won't give interviews i have no audio of the man okay
1: (laughs) feeling a flip-flop coming day feeling a (laughs) flip-flop Give an interview for the love of God, Mr. Madigan. Uh, the following comes, but before we do that, the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woman Man Spielman. The headline reads, Lightfoot accused of trying to water down pivotal criminal justice reform. Mayor Lightfoot's administration was accused Monday of attempting to water down a pivotal criminal justice reform recommended by the task force on Policy or on police accountability she co-chaired after the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. Alderman Leslie Hairston, been of what board? Come on, D. One, two, three, four, five. That's correct. (laughs) Alderman Leslie Harrison wants to follow the task forces led by requiring anyone arrested by Chicago police to be informed of their right to be represented by free uh, free legal counsel and allowed to make a reasonable number of phone calls to attorneys and family members within one hour of arrival at the place where they are being held. The Chicago Police Department would be required to abide by the one hour rule unless exceptional circumstances circumstances make it impossible to do so. Harrison's ordinance would further require arrestees be provided with a, quote, complete list of the names and phone numbers of nonprofit and government legal service providers. Uh, Exceptions to the one hour rule would need to be recorded in the arrest report and in CPD's internal computer system, along with the justification. At a hearing Monday of the City Council's Committee on Public Safety, Harrison said Lightfoot was trying to weaken the one hour rule in an attempt to avert cost litigation or costly litigation. Uh, I have the quote from Hairston and Ben, you take it from here. Hairston said, quote, my ordinance just basically says that you're entitled to a phone call within one hour of being arrested that has been rejected by the city. And they have been adding more layers of difficulty to the ordinance that is proposed as a substitute to my ordinance, which I have rejected and will continue to reject. And I think my colleagues will feel the same way. I will continue to resist the law departments and the police departments effort to try and make it convenient for them when people are unable to go free. We need this. This is progressive. Anything else is not progressive. Yeah, I um
0: I just want to make that distinction an hour after being arrested or an hour after being brought into the police station. I don't I mean an hour after you're literally arrested. I mean I could f- see all kinds of uh, difficulties with that, but an hour after you're brought in, come on. I mean, I don't see the impediment to make allowing someone a phone call. And we've always don't you get one phone call? <clears throat> Isn't that what we've always been told? You get one phone call, and so I've had like I've taught. I've had conversations with people like, who would I call? You know what I'm saying? Who would I call? I'd probably call someone that I guarantee would pick up the phone. <laughs> well, I'm out. <laughs> Tennessee's are coming. Uh-huh. I don't know this guy. Uh, I remember I met this lawyer years ago, a criminal defense lawyer at uh, uh, the uh, jail, jailhouse lawyer. And I watched him operate. I'm like, I told him, I go, dude, if I ever get arrested, you're the first person I call. Cause this guy really knew how the system worked. Do you know what I mean? He's like, but uh, I don't, I don't, I, I, and again, I don't know why Lori Lightfoot doesn't sign on to this. Again, one more time at the hideout. I remember uh, there were people asking, they were really coming in hard with their questions. Are you a cop? And um, I thought she did a great job of handling that. Those questions. <laughs> it is pretty clear uh, that Lori Lightfoot uh very smart person and knew what the people at the hideout wanted to hear on many levels. And this was just one of them. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Leslie Harrison, but I got to give a Leslie Harrison, a little shout out. Leslie Harrison been an alderman uh, for a long time. She day, going back to the daily days. And uh, she was one of the uh, five aldermen who voted against the parking meter deal. How about that? She's still fighting the good fight. So Leslie Harrison hats off to you on this one. And uh, yeah, I do not see why a reason why Lori Lightfoot would be against this. You know, again, the, the whole thing about litigation—it's going to save the city money. Oh my God! If if you see this video uh, that um, uh, that Maya sent to me about the way the police burst into uh, this woman's uh, apartment and treated her, it's like the the least of their worries is giving someone a phone call within an hour of being uh, sent to the police
1: station. Yeah, I was going to say, I, this seems like something that uh, Maya is going to want to talk about here uh, in a few minutes. So we'll, uh, we'll put a button on it there for now and uh, also to the latest in madigan gate uh we'll talk about that after our interview with maya we're getting close to the uh, top of the hour here so uh or the bottom of the hour i don't know so we want to remind everybody that you can follow us on social media at benny j show b-e-n-n-y the letter j show on facebook twitter and instagram uh you can always send us an email <laughs> benny j show at gmail.com uh in fact uh, you mentioned it earlier ben we received an oh, email yes. from Stephen.
0: Yes. Thank you very much for reminding me. You're and uh, that was really good of you, D. I had forgotten that. And that was really good. Now I got to find it. Hold on. <laughs> a little embarrassing when I have to look That's for stuff. That's all right. Artists. Hey,
1: guys, you should be like Stephen and reach out to the Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Show at gmail.com. Stephen sent us, uh, he always sends us uh, a lot of emails. Very informative. We really appreciate you, Stephen. Did that give you enough time? <laughs> Yes, like, all, right, all right. Nice.
0: All right, yeah. uh, first of all, uh, he had sent. He also sent us a funny rap uh, about Rob Lagoevich, which we'll play some other time. Uh, but then he wrote this: "Some news from the weekend. Uh, headline: It's it's his headline. It's time to change how we talk about Trumpism. Some news from the weekend. Proud Boys march on Washington D.C. and Olympia, wa- uh, Washington. Per their initiation rituals, they beat the hell out of counter demonstrators with shots fired in Olympia." Also, in D.C., a black Methodist church was besieged and vandalized, Vandalized, and the head of the Texas GOP soft-pedaled secession again. Typically, these stories are met with approximately, wow, they sure are crazy, and then jokes. Amusement is no longer a sane response. We have been so desensitized by propaganda about Islamic terrorism and uninstructive accounts of the mid-century fascism that we do not see what is brewing in front of us. Trumpists are at war with America. Decades of lone wolf attacks from the Murrah Federal Building to the Church of Life Synagogue are, are coalescing into organized violence against obstacles to a white Christian ethno state, as depicted in the Trump. Uh, excuse me, in the Turner Diaries. Note, anyone who isn't hip to the Turner Diaries no more lives in the real world than flat earthers and anti-vaxxers. You can say, nay, must keep cracking jokes. We also must be more honest about how hot it has gotten in our proverbial uh, lobster pot. Uh, Stephen, it's a good point. It is easy to uh, crack jokes about a uh, MAGA. I've been known to do it myself. Now, I am distinguished between your run-of-the-mill MAGA uh, who... Um, it's going to fall prey for that uh, e- email, that solicitation email that I talked about uh, receiving at the outset. And then uh, the MAGA guys, Proud Boys, who show up and uh, try to you know get engage uh, counter-protesters in fights and go around trying to intimidate electors uh, with their weaponry and show up for Operation Gridlock rallies with Confederate flags and uh, their weaponry. Yeah, it's a scary time. And, you know, the uh, the far right element within the Republican Party uh, is out of control. And the Republican Party seems hesitant, by and large, to to stand up to them. Afraid. They're afraid they've go too far to denounce uh, such antics, to put it mildly. Uh, they'll lose MAGA support or that Donald Trump will tweet against them. So this is really a, about the Republican Party the leaders of the Republican Party, the Mitch McConnells of the world, you know, stand. The Darren Bailey's here uh, in Illinois. Uh, I've got to give Addington's your credit, the uh, congressman from the 16th Congressional District in the Rockford area. I admittedly would not have voted for him, but, uh, you know, I would have voted for Danny B. But he really has taken a strong stand against uh, Trumpism. And he'll probably run for governor a good chance. He's going to run for governor and that will be helpful because I don't believe, I believe that Democrats are very vulnerable right now in the state of Illinois and Madigan gate has a lot to do with that. But by and large, the Republicans have such little credibility uh, in this st- uh, state and particularly in Cook County and DuPage County, that it'd be really hard to see a Republican like Darren Bailey defeating uh, uh, J.B. Pritzker, or you know the other front runner, uh, if he ever gets the right to, uh, to run, Rod Blagojevich, who's perhaps the most popular uh, former Democrat in the Republican Party these days, but Adam Kinzinger could give uh, uh, could give Pritzker a run for the money because he has credibility on on this particular issue. So, Stephen, you're absolutely right; it's no joking matter. And with that video, I don't know if you saw it, D, of the Proud Boys chasing. Um, a black man in Washington, and he has a knife. Do you see this one where the uh, the man pulls out a knife? He, he actually stabbed, I think, four poor uh, Proud Boys. He was arrested. The guy with the knife was arrested. Um, we're all the Kyle Rittenhouse supporters defending this guy. who's completely surrounded by uh, Proud Boys who were pounding the hell out of him. So anyway, good point, Stephen. I see Maya uh, Dukmasova has joined us, but the, yeah, I think absolutely. we'll take a break and then we'll bring
1: her on, right? Absolutely. Uh, more Madigan Gate coming up and more marijuana news. Maya Duke Dukmasova coming up after the break. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from, well, my apartment and Ben's attic.